2: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Girls Talk Boys, talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Thanks for joining us on this Victory Monday as your Dallas Cowboys beat.
1: The first. New York
2: Giants, first of many, hopefully. Yes, uh, forty to zero. I hope y'all enjoyed a forty burger uh, today. Well, ladies, a lot to talk about. Usually, you know, we we have been in this in this grind of not really knowing what to talk about by the end of the week. This game gave us something to talk about for the rest of the year. So uh, <laughs> that's that's a very good problem to have. Christy, you were there uh, at MetLife Stadium, running on an hour and a half of sleep. I might add just in case you don't hey, know how we, hard We got Christy back grunts. early
0: last night. The charter, the charter got back early. We were supposed to land at like 4.05 a.m. We okay. landed about
2: 3.45, so all is good. Christy's a trooper because not only has she been working all day, we were just at the press conferences with the coordinators and, and Mike McCarthy. She comes to do Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and then she has Cowboys Hour tonight as
1: yes, well. Yes,
0: the Cowboys Hour presented by Miller Lite, uh, 6 p.m. in front of the uh, Cowboys fans. We're at Connie Rosso, which is... Here at the Star District, Delicious. the star in pizza. Frisco, Very great good. pizza. The mozzarella is terrific too. But um, Leighton Vander is the guest tonight, I so uh, if you want to come uh, meet the Wolf Hunter and Brad Shem and I will be co-hosting. And excited to have Leighton tonight because it was such a dominating performance by the defense. And of course, he's the signal caller wearing the green dot as the uh, starting one of the starting linebackers there. And just what a performance last night! It was just <laughs> what uh, only two missed tackles. Stan Quinn confirmed today, yep. and then 75% um, pass rush uh, rate. Uh, so just outstanding performance.
1: Absolutely good. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's so hard to say. Pass rush rush win right that's what's win weight yeah oh man there it is tra- say, say, it, say, say it say it five day. times fast you can't
2: you know what i don't want to embarrass myself today i'm but good but that's why i was laughing <laughs> my bad <laughs> how, how, how about Ig- 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 igbanon and igbanogany igbanogany i got it now so, who, especially after who, the start who had him game? first uh, scoring first in
1: 2023 for the dallas cowboys nobody
2: congratulations you can tell the future because that was that was insane. Nobody. What a way
1: to kick off but the game. maybe CJ Goodwin, because you, Wanye said in his interview that you, when you guys asked him after the game, he said that CJ told him that that was open, that that was mm-hmm. an opportunity. And so you can even C.J., see CJ Goodwin on, on tape when they're running into the end zone. He's saying, I told you, I told mm-hmm. you to end yeah. Monogamy. And I'm like, that's why you like veterans. That's why sure. you need veterans on your team. They see things that you don't see sometimes.
2: Maybe he has a crystal ball. Of some kind he's, I mean, hey, cerebral like. who that. knows? Let's go over some key stats um because, you know, Mike McCarthy talked about this game mm-hmm. pretty much they celebrated last night. he he I like how he put it when he said some of the guys were even asleep on the plane. That's just how they felt after the game. Um, but let's go over it. Forty zero. zero. What a game. This is the largest shutout in Dallas Cowboys history and the largest shutout in an NFL season opener since 1999. No, we're not talking about Prince. Not going to party like it's <laughs> 1999, but we could uh, because back then that was when uh, Pittsburgh beat Cleveland 43 to 0. Yeah, so, that was
0: Cleveland coming back as an yeah, expansion franchise so, to put it, it in perspective. A <laughs>
2: historic game for the Cowboys. Uh, needless to say, but the Dallas Cowboys... Turning the turning the page, putting that to rest uh, as they prepare for the New York Jets this week but let's go over some of these numbers here because the defense and special team starting things out early special team setting the tone defense just continued to grow uh, off of that momentum two interceptions for deron bland which led to a touchdown Svon gilmore welcome to the dallas cowboys got himself an interception seven sacks two for osa two for dorance armstrong one for micah parsons one for chauncey Golston, one for demarcus lawrence uh and then of course you had Wanye thomas who blocked the kick no iguanagany taking it back for six uh the first touchdown of the season like we were talking about earlier that's on the defensive side of things on the <laughs> offensive side of things uh, tony pollard with two rushing touchdowns and then Cavonte turpin for the only passing touchdown of the night but you know what that's okay that's okay we're gonna get into it ladies i'm gonna defer right to aisha aisha you are our film guru mm-hmm. What did it feel like for you to go back and watch the film today after you had time to just really soak in what happened and then you got to go back and watch the film today? First few things that stuck out to you earlier. Okay, on.
1: so at first glance, I will, number one, I'm not gonna, I watched one rewatch and I think I have to do at least three to be on point. But there I you go. I gotta put that out there. But I will say, they just look so much faster than the Giants. I mean, even from on the offensive side of the ball, the way that the offensive line got off the line of scrimmage, the way the defensive line got off the line of scrimmage, they were noticeably faster and sharper and efficient than the New York Giants. And I th- that's that's the main thing that stuck out to me. And then also, too, um, got to get a feel. Got to get a feel. I think we we talked about it all last week, like this defense and what, we felt like the energy was behind this defense. What J-Ron say? Like we are prime time. Mm-hmm. We are prime time, and it, you really just saw that chip on their shoulder. AT and T North. Oh, AT and T North is crazy. <laughs> How audacious <laughs> to say something like that. But no, those are probably the things. Is to you? We've been around this team. We we have the opportunity to go in and talk to these guys, and they've been lier- like literally just chomping at the bit to get after it. And to actually see it on film was really exciting, but just to see the overall speed on both sides of the ball, yeah, it was it was definitely impressive.
0: And and the there's one thing to talk the talk, but you you know have to walk the walk. And so far, they've done this under Dan Quinn. But also the young guys making plays, the Wanye Thomases, the Marquise Bells. We'll be talking about them more as we Mm -hmm. go along. But the brashness with which they play Mm. and the attitude, I really love that. But the thing that stood out to me uh, today, Mike McCarthy spoke to the media uh, from about 315 to about 340. And this is something that doesn't show up in official stats, but he, the one of the football fundamentals of the Cowboys under Coach McCarthy is big plays. Hmm. And he said that generally, in a in just on average in an NFL game, there are 35 big play opportunities in a game. That would be for both teams combined. So big plays would be, uh, what, a, a fumble, a forced fumble. An interception, a blocked field goal, a catalytic sack, you know, maybe a sack, strip, fumble, all these things that the Cowboys had last night. But anyway, what McCarthy said that caught my attention today is that the Cowboys in that 40-0 to victory last night were plus 21 Mm -hmm. in big plays. Plus 21! And he said that's the highest number that he's ever seen. Uh, as a head coach so you uh, catalytic plays by catalytic players and it got away from the Giants early thanks to those uh, big plays early and uh, man it was just it was so beautiful because um, over 80,000 fans last night I think it was 80,800 and something and from the middle of the fourth quarter on in the pouring rain, there were about maybe 8,000 left in the stands Mm -hmm. and 7,990 of them were Cowboys fans.
2: Wow.
0: And it it was such a blowout that the coaches came down from the coaches' booth with a couple minutes left in the game, okay? So Dan (laughs) Quinn, the defensive coordinator, he's up in the booth, right? He calls in from the booth. Oh, look, I hear this, the, the tunnel, uh, to the Cowboys sideline. So to the right, I hear all the Cowboys fans, they've all moved down to a lot of them and moved down to the lower level. And they're all behind the Cowboys bench and towards the tunnels and stuff like that. And I hear this roar and it captures my attention. I look and here comes Dan Quinn (laughs) running out the tunnel and the fans are going crazy. The Cowboys fans recognize him immediately. And he gets this giant ovation as he runs out on the field. And so the, the, the coaches left from upstairs nah. because it was so that tells
2: you something. it was so
0: over. I'm have sure. you seen that
2: before in a game, no. Christy? No. And and you've been covering the Cowboys how long? Let's emphasize this. Well, twenty five this is my twenty fifth
0: year as the sideline reporter for Cowboys Radio. That. Uh no. There you no, go.
2: not 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 coming
0: down or Well, they come down
2: not in, in pre-, pre
0: preseason, mate. Well no, you st- you would still have a few <laughs> up there because you Sometimes coordinators call from the sideline. Yeah. You know, depending, yeah. it's it's up to the coordinator whether they want to be on the sideline or not. And Dan Quinn calls from upstairs. Yeah. so
2: I want to yeah. say the last time uh, I think in recent history we can remember Dan Quinn being on the sideline was when Mike McCarthy was out and he stepped in. Uh, right. To... Uh, fill Mike's spot while he was gone but something I wanted to make sure to mention was we're talking about all of the success and all of these things that really defined how this Cowboys success is measured in, in history and everything of that nature this was done in the pouring rain I, I want to throw that out there that is not to be ignored Christy you said it was raining harder mm. than it probably looked on the broadcast oh so much so harder. about it imagine imagine <laughs> this team without pouring rain involved and and that could be said on both sides of the ball that could be said for the Giants as well you know maybe some things wouldn't have happened as as they did for the Giants however this defense went out and took full advantage of this Giants team in the pouring rain and still had a historic game just want to point
0: that yeah, out. yeah and the thing was it was it was not raining in the pregame warmups. warm-ups and so, like, even special teams. So, Brandon Aubrey's your rookie kicker, and it's the first time in a regular season game you're going through the operation with your new long snapper, Trent Sieg, and with uh, Brian Anger, your punter, as the holder. They got no practice snaps uh, in warm-ups in the rain, handling mm-hmm. a wet football because it wasn't raining in the in the warm-ups. But it was raining hard enough that uh, Dak, Prescott had to make an equipment change in the first half. Dak wears a visor, and it was raining so hard that the the rain, you know, the the water was was Mm. beating on his visor, and it was, um, you know, hard to see through all that. And so actually it was in the middle of a series that they, uh, when Dak came to the sideline, a, t- a timeout had been called. And so Mike McCord and, and Dylan Keene, uh Bucky Buchanan, another one of the equipment managers, of it, I believe it was Dylan. And I'm going to credit Chris Beam, our producer, and uh, Cowboys videographer, producer extraordinaire. We've been on the sideline together for many years. He's the one that saw this happen, uh, that uh, they removed Dak's visor uh, from his helmet in the during the series, so that he could have a better view. Now, guys like C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. he wears a visor. He he kept his on, but uh, Dak was having problems uh, just trying to keep it dry and keep the water off the the visor. Was in.
1: I was trying to figure out what was way. different. Yeah, yeah. Because when you go back and watch it, like, well, even during the game, I was like, "What did he do this?" I couldn't. G- I couldn't grasp what was different about his appearance, but that's what it was. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. There you
2: go. Well, Christy has a lot of really good stuff from the sideline. I want to get right to it. But first, let's take our first break. Let's take a breather. Everybody, get ready because we're about to give you some really good stuff and insight from Christy's sideline report. Stay with us. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And we'll be right back. Back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're continuing all things at New York Giants and Dallas Cowboys. But first, Rally Days, presented by SeatGeek, give the NFL fans an experience of a lifetime, the day prior to Dallas Cowboys home games. On September 16th, enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse. Uh, get behind-the-scenes tour of the AT&T Stadium and more. Visit at and slash Rally Days for more information and get your tickets today. Man, that game is going to come up fast Uh, (laughs) already on on Sunday. Uh, Interesting. But, Christy, let's get into this. Uh, I don't want to waste any time because you have a lot of really good stuff. Mike McCarthy in his press conference today talked about having a rain plan, and he talked about how this was something, you know, continuing our conversation from the first segment, they had to prepare for. They were doing some wet ball drills. Uh, He said two of the three days of practice, and going into the game, he almost felt like they didn't do enough. But – boated well and uh, what I liked how he talked about was his play his play calling sheet actually there were some plays that he went over before the game he was striking out or putting in there saying he did want to call that uh, depending on what the weather was. So along with the weather changes and along with the rain game plans there were some other plans that uh, were diverted a little bit because of coaching changes during the game can you talk a little bit about that and uh, the situation as a whole
0: yes uh, running backs coach Jeff Blasco is on a medical leave of absence so he missed a couple days of practice last week and then he was not uh, on this road trip so uh, the way that the coaching staff Uh, compensated for Blasco's absence is they had Ramon Chin Young. This is his uh, first year with the Dallas Cowboys. It's his third year in the NFL and an awesome story because three years ago, he was coaching Texas high school football, but Ramon uh, Chin Young is the assistant offensive line coach. So he works with Mike Solari Ramon during the preseason has been on the sideline, but Jeff Blasco, the running backs coach, is up in the booth. And so those coaches who are up in the booth on the offensive side of the ball are basically an extra set of eyes for Coach McCarthy, right, communicating things down to the sideline. And so uh, the way that they um, adjusted things logistically was Coach Chen Young went from Uh, down on the sideline, taking Blasco's spot up in the booth. And then uh, Mike McCarthy wanted to give credit to Evan Harrington, who is an offensive assistant who's down on the sideline. So he was working more specifically with the the running backs. Because um, usually for a position you you have two coaches – for most of the positions, and so you'll have one of them down on the sideline with the guys, and the other is maybe if there are two, is probably up in the booth. And so um, anyway, but uh, kudos to Evan Harrington, and yeah. it was a great, you know, a great. Uh, I thought Aisha, what did you think about debut for Tony Pollard as the as the number one, undisputed number one back on the depth chart?
1: Oh yeah, he looked himself. He looked explosive. I I liked the usage of him, but this offensive line.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Awesome.
1: This offensive line played literally stout. (laughs) Uh, there you go she's she's oh, boy. going to jail oh boy
0: victory monday <laughs> oh
2: my god
1: it's gonna
0: be a long season if Ooh. we have a lot of these <laughs> yeah you know
1: what extra puns extra
2: victory why
1: not there you go but yeah no i mean and, and again like we may not think of that as a big thing you know the coaching change and having that coach that's typically down there on the field moved up to the booth we might think that that's not a big deal but for players that might really be a big change you know that might be something that they had to adjust to and i thought that rico dattle showed you what he was capable yes. of in a couple of his plays plays with so much power i was i enjoyed seeing him a little bit we got but um as far as the running game in itself it's, it's raining you got to figure something yeah. out and you saw mike mccarthy figure some things out mm-hmm. with the run game specifically once they got into that red area after they had gotten down there a few times and didn't have success when he saw that running game was there he went to
0: yeah. it. yeah i want you um and and i know you spot you guys spotted this uh, already but just for the folks um who haven't studied uh, last night's game, it was cool because on Pollard's first touchdown run, did you see what they did with the line? They took Tyron Smith from Mm. left tackle, moved him (laughs) over to the right side outside of Terrence Steele. So, of course, the play is to the right side. Uh, Jake Ferguson, by the way, lined up um, next to Adoga, so basically where the left tackle spot would be because Tyron was next to Terrence Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, just helped pave the way for – for Pollard on that first touchdown run
2: also something that was noted while we're talking about blocking hello tight end room and their abilities to help block Mm -hmm. during this game that was something I noticed right off the bat and you know there's not a lot to complain about when you're you're talking about a victory a 40-0 victory a historic victory for the Dallas Cowboys something that was noted though was uh, the ball stability within the tight end room and it just really wasn't there given it was raining we know that it's very uncharacteristic of guys like Peyton Hendershaw and Jake Ferguson to drop balls when it's coming to them and perfectly place balls from Dak Prescott at that however Mike McCarthy talked about that I asked him about that in the press conference today and I, I talked to, I didn't even ask about the drop balls I said in terms of blocking did you enjoy mm-hmm. it? and he said yeah it was it was great uh loved what he sees from them and he said those guys will be the first ones to tell you where they dropped off when dropping those passes. He said they work well together. They're going to hold each other accountable. So I, I really don't see that being an issue. I know it's going to be talked about because again, there's only so much you can nitpick within this game. But I just wanted to put it out there that the tight end room and their starting point for blocking for the rest of the season is very, very uh, exciting, and it has a lot of good potential in it.
1: Yeah, and to your point, um, I mean, some uh, Schoonmaker threw some good, threw some yes. good blocks out there yep. yesterday as well. Like you said, the whole tight end room. But I also, too, I want to highlight the wide receiver room and their go. blocking downfield and their willingness. Oh, yes. Michael Gallup had a couple of really great blocks. Jalen Tolbert was active as well. I felt like... That, that's something that you're looking for with, with your wide receiver group, especially when it's raining. They're not getting a whole bunch of passes. They're not getting a whole bunch of opportunity to have the selflessness to be like, you know what, man, we're going to get it or however we're going to get it. And to be, for them to be active, I wanted to add on that. That was something I noticed as well, Jess. Yeah, and uh, Jalen Tolbert,
0: uh, we talked last week about him on special teams and we thought he was <laughs> going to be active. Gunner. He, uh, did you see him down there getting yeah, his first tackle on special teams? Man, he was, he was right on it and Lipkey. was was the rookie was there uh, to help uh, clean it up, oh, but uh, yeah, that, that was really good. But uh, the <laughs> one thing uh, with, with Cavante Turpin, you know, part of the wide receiver core, but the way that he I was see. used for uh, in the run game and, and um, you know, the pitches and his, mm-hmm. his seven yard touchdown run there. But Mike McCarthy said something very interesting in the press conference this afternoon. He said that one of the priorities of the off season was to use Cavante Turpin this year as a football player and not as a gadget guy, mm-hmm. which is what he was last year, yep. and I thought that was very telling. What What were y'all's initials initial impressions oh. of seeing uh, Turpin out there in the, <laughs> in, the in the backfield? She oh. Le-
2: you know she I was lit. all about that. I've been high on the Cavante Turpin train since last year, and talking to him, and even just seeing his confidence grow since he first got here, and seeing what a well-rested, well rested, uh, well, I guess, minded, well rested minded, and then physically as well, what that does for Cavante Turpin. I'm telling you, at OTAs and minicamp, I was like, oh my gosh. Cavante Turpin, hello, we already knew you were fast, but what is going on? Something that I really love about talking to Cavante is one of the first things that we bonded on was uh, gymnastics. He actually has a gymnastics background, and so I found that out last season when he was pulling out those backflips out of nowhere I was like there's no way you have that kind of form and you were not in gymnastics so something I talked to him about last season was that background I talked to him about it uh, a few weeks ago actually a few weeks ago it was last week uh it's all starting to feels feel like, long feels like a few weeks um ago. and I talked to him about it and it was interesting because I told him uh there was a catch he made at practice that Aisha I was looking down at my phone and she's like did you just see Turp? did you just see what he did and I talked to him about it afterwards. I didn't see it, but I asked him and he said that the background with gymnastics comes from him when he was eight years old, he would play, he would uh, play football. He played basketball. He was in gymnastics. He was kind of a triple threat when it came to sports and that, The the way you train for gymnastics and the way you train to run and kind of spring your body up is what helps him get those jump balls and what helps him have that initial step to be so fast when he is in that returner position. Even when he's just getting the ball, that's why he has that initial speed and takeoff is because it's kind of ingrained in his brain with that gymnastics background to have that initial takeoff so if you go back and you compare how a gymnast runs when they're about to take off to do a tumbling pass and you compare it to Kevante Turpin and how he runs and how he takes off pretty spot on Mm. so little nugget there uh for you but to answer your question I was excited period (laughs) I was excited
1: yeah yeah and he you know we talked about the fact that this Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy offense one of the upsides about it is that there are wrinkles it is a new system so for this first four or five weeks there's going to be teams still trying to figure out what they're doing I love the usage of him and from a motion standpoint the pre-snap motion because what you're doing is putting on tape that teams have to respect him they have to respect his speed they have to respect so when he goes in motion it also gives Dak Prescott information now and so they're going to I'm pretty sure they're going to start you know adding different things as the season progresses but just to see him um um, get out in space i mean we see Debo samuel do it all the time coming out of the backfield and you're just like man like last year he's been like man i wish i wish we could do something like that and then so to see it in real time and to start seeing them using him in this and i love that you said like that mike mccarthy said we're going to use him as a football player not a gadget guy because he is a football player real quick i I want to
2: ask you aisha you made a really good point now in saying you know this is really this is the first year under this mike mccarthy play Mm -hmm. calling system Obviously, the defense is three years ahead of the offense, right? So kind of go into the positives that you saw from what you saw from a rain game, even under Mike McCarthy's new play calling. What are some of the changes that you saw early on compared to last year? And how is it going to bode well as it has more time to iron on and uh, guys continue to grow under it?
1: Well, one thing I noticed first was the control of the tempo how they whether it's fast whether it's slow I mean you could tell that it was intentional in certain certain points to slow down the game I love the fact that Mike McCarthy went for the the dagger there with Mike with Michael Gallup before the half didn't get he it talked about that didn't get it but just the you know, let's let's go try to get something. If we don't get something, let's just get out of this half safe. Because if you don't remember last year, a lot of Dak Prescott's interceptions came right before the half. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes it was like for what? And why? Th- and that's
0: why I. That's why last night I was opposite of you. I'm like, it's a four possession lead. <laughs> what the heck are you doing? No, I, liked, I he liked the like I took like twelve seconds or fifteen seconds off uh-huh. the clock, and I'm like oh, my gosh, I mean, I understand the reasoning stuff. But I'm like, oh, please.
2: Stressing you out a little bit. Well, it also,
1: too, (laughs) is trying to get, you know, he and Dak, and I've talked to Michael Gallup about this, uh, Dak and Michael Gallup, they they always take time. No matter how much chemistry they have, they take time to get that deep ball. And I think that's going to open up this offense. So I I get them trying to go at it. I get it. I get it. But back to my point, I was just saying I I liked the – situational play calling and some of the decisions that he made um to keep these guys safe but then just also understanding we ain't got to show our hand this week my guy Mm -hmm. we don't we don't have to show you everything we can do we can simplify and move down the field methodically and i love that uh wide receivers were wide open that's what i loved christy yeah
2: (laughs) also speaking of that michael gallup play Mike McCarthy was asked about it. I think it was Michael Gilkin that, that asked yes. him specifically. Uh-huh. Of course it was Michael tried to ask it in a nice way, but it's like, what yeah. were you thinking? He did. He asked him, and Mike just put it very simply. He wasn't ready to stop playing at the end of the second quarter, and he said our guys needed to play. So, yeah. And, and then he also made a point in uh, earlier in the press conference, he kept going back to saying he wants to get one going in and he wants to get one coming out. So he wants a score going in and score coming out. So the yeah. coin flip at the beginning of the game – And then him knowing that the Cowboys would have possession of the ball in the second half played a big factor in them going for that play with Michael Gallup because they want to assure we're going to get one going into the half and then we're going to get the ball coming uh, coming into the second half and then we want to get another play and another score in there. So that was kind of Mm. the logic and reason within that, which I thought was important to hear from him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, one thing that I liked was a lot of the different personnel groupings that we saw. As reporters, we can't say – things about formations and personnel that we see in training camp or the very little bit of practice that you get to see during the regular season. So – but – They showed it early last night. Actually, the Giants' defense called a timeout when the Cowboys were in the red zone. Mm. This is in the first half. And so after the timeout, the Cowboys changed the personnel grouping. But that was the first time that they had Deuce Vaughn and Kevante Turpin on the field together.
1: He said, wait, 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 wait. What a threat. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's what they did. You're right. I'm sorry. But But that's the Giants. There was like... You, could tell, They're you confused. could tell that they well, well, were thrown well, off.
0: There was a substitution thing because it's like, oh, that, this guy, I think that that's what it was. Yes, yeah, they, they had 12 men on the field, and the guy tried to hustle back off. Mm. They ended up calling a timeout. But the other thing was the way – now, because it was a blowout, we saw a lot more rookies, and then we saw some uh, offensive linemen rotate in there. But uh, Hunter Hunter Lipke. Yep. Um, what, an eye formation with a fullback as a lead blocker? It. Almost uh, famous. Is this the 1970s? <laughs> mm. <laughs> almost Oh my gosh. Is this oh Ron man. Springs or Robert Newhouse blocking for Tony Dorsett? What I saw the heck
2: vision, is going Mike. on here?
1: I saw the vision. There
2: you go. <laughs> I saw it. Well, ladies, let's take our next break. When we come back, we have game balls to hand out here. We still have a lot more to talk about. Aisha, we haven't even talked about your guy, Osa O'Digizua. Let's talk about it in this next, uh, next block. We're taking our next break. We'll be right back back. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas
1: Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger.
0: That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are getting into even more of your Dallas Cowboys win against the New York Giants, 40-0 to 0, in case you forgot. Uh, but first, check out the latest and greatest addition to tours at AT&T Stadium and at the Star and Frisco, meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain and into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones. With a focus on innovative fan experience in partnership with AT&T, this innovative technology gives tourgoers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour, visit dallascowboys.com.
0: <laughs> Translated, what is an interactive experience? That is the Jerry Jones hologram that yeah. uh, finally debuted uh just as uh we're getting ready for the regular season. So It looks cool. It, it oh it's very it cool. It looks really cool. It's very cool. Seen. And so uh if you've uh, had the great privilege to visit the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. There's like this opening film, and Coach Lombardi, Vince Lombardi is this hologram, and it's really cool. But what's cool about this one here at the Star in Frisco with Jerry Jones is he for – they've been working on this for a long, long time, and he has answered many, 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 many questions. And so when – as part of this interactive experience, when you go in, you can ask questions – and hologram Jerry will answer. So oh, man. it's very neat.
2: That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question over here. And uh we'll get to our game balls at the very end of this. I gotta make you guys wait uh, for something. Can't just give you all the good stuff at the beginning of the show. Aisha, let's get right to it. Osa Odigizua. He's mm-hmm. a guy that when I hear his name, I think Aisha Morrison. And I think Aisha's going to want to talk about this on the podcast, put it in the rundown, just make note of it, a permanent spot it feels like he's going to have in this rundown uh, with the showing that he had in this first game. What did you see from Osa and the growth that he's made so far this
1: season? Oh, his recognition is so good. I mean, just to see, uh, there were quite a few times um, Michael Parsons tweeted. He tweeted, like, anything for you, Osa, because (laughs) he's taken on double teams. But really what struck me was Osa's awareness to see where he could take advantage. And then also, too, you know, um, Dan Quinn's going to design stunts and stuff. But his hands are so violent, his speed off the line. I'm just I'm impressed with his growth um but i i also too i also too i want to make sure i mentioned the fact that michael parsons is the ultimate team player He, he showed himself as the ultimate team player last night because a lot of the attention he got opened up things for everyone else but as far as osa goes I'm ready to see I'm ready to see more of him. I'm we gotta work on his his uh his celebration because I think he's gonna be getting a lot more sex He's <laughs> gonna need he it. He needs yeah. to. Yeah, he Something needs cool. To.
0: Something that's gonna get him in the open of Sunday night football. He told me
1: he did the James Bond thing last year, like but I'm like Come on, Osa. You gonna be? Get- he already has two sacks. He only yeah. had four no, last no. year. Yeah. It's that time.
2: Speaking yeah. of which, did you see Micah Parsons like prowling around? That like is what I got lion? chills.
1: I got chills. That's one of my favorite celebrations Terrifying. I have ever seen. Oh, I got scared. you gonna have to keep that one. you gonna have to <laughs> got keep scared. that one. I got scared. I wasn't even Daniel Jones,
2: <laughs> Christy. I wanna. I wanna talk about that for a second because obviously we know the impact that Micah Parsons has on this team. That's nothing new. But somebody that I think got a different kind of recognition last night was Trayvon Diggs. Mm. And he kind of became the Micah Parsons for the cornerback the room, if you will. He had an eye for the ball, whether he was the one being the ball hawk or not. And, and he made very key tackles. Can you talk about what you saw from Trayvon? And I saw a cute little clip of him giving Aiden Diggs the ball. I was wondering yes, if you were around that to that see was that. on
0: the force fumble there late in the, the game and um, the one that was recovered by Israel Mukwamu. Mm-hmm. And so um, actually Trayvon got that that ball I I guess Israel doesn't get to take it home and put it on his mantle as a fumble (laughs) recovery because um, he went and uh, Trayvon got the ball and gave it to his son Aiden who was sitting in the uh, front row behind the Cowboys bench we should also mention that uh, Trayvon's brother Stefan Diggs one of the great wide receivers in the NFL member of the Buffalo Bills of course the Buffalo Bills are playing tonight Monday night football at MetLife Stadium so uh, Buffalo had gotten in town. Uh, late Sunday afternoon, and Stephon and uh, some other Bills players had come to the Cowboys Giants game and so for part of the game. Uh, I saw him uh, late in the second quarter. I don't I don't remember seeing him in the second half. But uh, Trayvon came over in between defensive series in the second quarter to greet uh, Stephon, who who had a spot on the front row there behind the Cowboys bench. But uh, so much credit to Trayvon for the impact on that, you know, in the first quarter mm-hmm. uh, setting up Duron Bland's uh, interception return for a touchdown. Just, I'm
2: going to do it. No, please yeah. don't. I'm going to do for it. it. He Go is for it. anything but Bland. Ladies and gentlemen, first of the season. <sighs> Sorry, Aisha. First of many. He? No, Christy yeah. set me up. She knew it was coming. <laughs> had, had to do it. But, no, I,
0: I, thought, I thought that was really um, – well, Micah had the tone setter with the early sack. Yeah. but but from the uh, defensive backfield standpoint oh my gosh that was that was such a key hit and that's the thing people don't think of Diggs as the guy who likes a lot of contact and hits but but he showed it uh, last night that he's yeah. more than capable and the thing is he goes for the football and so it resulted mm. in two takeaways
1: i was um I, I tweeted like two weeks ago. I went back to look at. Maybe it was three weeks ago. I went back to look it at Stephon. Together, yeah, really I went does. back to look at Stefan Gilmore's film from the Colts. One thing I noticed about him immediately was his willingness to tackle. Yes. yes. Not the biggest guy, but he will get out there and he's gonna he's gonna try to wrap you up as good as he can. But sometimes he did lay the wood. Sometimes he 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 can be punishing with how he tackles. And with Trayvon talking about how much stefan has been a mentor to him, how much of an example he's been to him. If the veteran's doing it. I got to do it, too. Absolutely. And yeah. so at the, the minute that I saw him being that physical at the point of contact, I was like, Stefan Gilmore's imprint on this team, Brandon Cook's imprint on this team is visibly noticeable right away. Granted, Trayvon Dix is on player. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure the influence of him being there gives you no excuse. You don't want to be the guy in the room that's not le- like matching the level of physicality that the whole defense is playing with. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I believe it was during camp. Trey had talked about uh Stefan Gilmore going in there and kind of pushing him. Mm-hmm. And and even with things he was eating, right? The gummy so bears. If, the gummy yeah, worms. If, yeah. if, if uh, Gilmore saw him eating I think it was gummy bears or worms, mm-hmm. I d I don't wanna get that wrong. Mm. I don't gums gummy bears or worms. Yeah, There's a big difference get, between the two. I don't get wanna serious. get it wrong some kind of gummy snack Mm -hmm. um that if he saw them eating kind of junk he was like what are you doing why are you eating that and (laughs) then Trayvon would be like okay fine and put it down so when you have people like that 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 push you whether you know they've been in the league you know three years 10 years whatever the case is yeah you don't want to be the one that's playing catch up so um really excited to see that but ladies I don't want to run out of time here Mm -hmm. We've been stewing on this question as far as who gets our game ball. I'm not sure I even have an answer yet, so I'm going to defer to you guys first, and I'm going to cheat a little bit. Christy, I'm going to go to you first, and and I know you have a lot of sideline questions uh, stories to give us and we'll give you more tomorrow okay of course we can't show our hand we, we have to be like dan quinn was in this game and we have to hold some good stuff back yeah, we, so you don't get the best th- of it this yet this is
0: our rain game plan we, rain have game to, game. we have to we have to hold some of it back okay
2: who gets your game ball christy
0: i think aisha is going to take osa mm. oh maybe oh. not
2: mm. okay oh wow okay oh. okay
0: I am assuming that Aisha will take Osa. Okay. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I'll go ahead and take Micah. It has to be a defensive player. And I'm sorry, Sunday Night Football on NBC, but... (laughs) Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard getting she the game is balls upset. afterwards. She's brought did, this did, up multiple times now. Yes, this was a defensive triumph for mm-hmm. the Cowboys, I in my the,
2: opinion. But Dak even mentioned that. Dak said, yeah. the defense deserves this, and he was kind of yeah. holding it like. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But, uh, okay, so so I will go with Micah because, okay. like you say, he draws so much attention. That early sack was, was a tone setter. So, But there are so many deserving uh, nominees.
2: Aisha, who gets your game ball?
1: If I was being funny, I would say Evan Neal, but I'm not going to be mean.
2: Oh. Oh, that's the Giants oh. right tackle. Oh, oh my. I'm oh, not. my. Wow. Well, listen. Victory Monday has us feeling away. way. Hey, Specifically, Aisha. When I say us, I mean Ayesha.
1: I mean, I, we're, it's okay to be spicy sometimes. But I that. would say, you know, the Giants right tackle. But I'm going to say Chimwe Doga. I'm going to say um, for him to step in at that left guard position, especially since he didn't get that many snaps there. He's coming off of injury. Um, to come in, for. I was really worried about communication with this offensive line, especially since Wink Martindale does so many exotic looks, stunts, twists, all that stuff. But he held his ground so well, and, I mean— like I said, it wasn't even him just, like, barely making it. It was sometimes him standing in there tall and holding those blocks for a good minute. He was active in the run game also, too. Um, I just wanted to highlight his play and that moving forward, it gives you comfort going into, you know, the rest of the season that, yeah, like, this guy actually does have some... I think I think I was definitely skewed by seeing him against Micah in training camp and just... Yes. You, you have to, you know, rationalize. So I, I rationalized and I was like, man, like, no, he looks good at left guard he 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 can be fine there if you need him to come in so i would say Chumidoga. doga i can't believe i'm saying that but i'm saying it today
2: oh, I, no Same i think that's chest. yeah I, that. I like it yeah I, was, I like I, it i
1: was very impressed with his play very good yes
2: oh okay mine's gonna go special teams but Ooh. i'm kind of splitting my game ball into two parts here because this was uh, uh technically it should be three but i'm gonna split it to two i'm gonna say wanya thomas and noah iguanagany because That was the first domino that fell in the line Mm. that let all the rest of the dominoes there was a lot there was 40 dominoes uh (laughs) that fell against the giants they had none uh and to me that first drive by the giants i I, trust me twitter i i just need to stay off of twitter during games sometimes twitter is going a little crazy like what's going on what's going on And then as soon as there's a field goal attempt, you see Wanya Thomas flying to block that ball. Given it was set up by C.J. Goodwin, we talked about that, flying to block the ball. Noah Igbenogany gets it in his hands and he takes it back for that first six points. After that, what I love about that is the defense as a whole said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not letting you outshine us. (laughs) Guess what they did? They stepped it up and then that was the end of the story defense special teams really kept this game alive offense yes there's going to be some wrinkles to iron out that's no shade to the offense they got three touchdowns at the end of the day you really cannot complain of a 40-0 game however I'm giving my game ball to Wanya Thomas and Noah Igbonogny for setting the the dominoes to just fall in the most beautiful that, that's way. That's
0: great choice.
2: Yeah,
1: Thank love you. all these choices. He threw a great block. Also, Wanya not yes. only yes. not only did he yeah. block the punt, he yeah. got up off his tail, it, threw the block. It was <laughs> yeah. insane for Noah to run yes. straight down the right sideline. Absolutely, yep. and
2: we. We will talk more about Wanya Thomas. Mm -hmm. There's not enough time uh, today. But we'll talk more about Wanya Thomas and Marquise Bell. We didn't even get to talk about him today and what uh, Dan Quinn specifically said about him. Uh, Again, we can't show all of our hands. We're doing our (laughs) rain plan uh, for y'all today. But that unfortunately is the end of our show today we're back at four o'clock tomorrow so ladies thank you so much christy please get some sleep between now and the yeah. time we see you yeah, tomorrow remember, six
0: o'clock tonight uh Leighton cowboys mm-hmm. hour presented by miller light Connie rosso here at the star district in uh at the star in frisco
2: might have to check it out get some pizza listen to lve and maybe practice your wolf howl well, yeah. i would howl yeah. but i feel like that's really annoying <laughs> oh. um but Thank you guys so much for joining us. For Aisha, Christy, and Jess, we'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. This has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Have a great rest of your day, and carpe omnia.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
2: How about this Cowboys? Yeah!